Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. If you haven't heard, Center Ice Brewery beer is now exclusively available at beer stores around town. So make sure you pick some up on your next milk and eggs run. That's Center Ice Brewery. Please drink responsibly. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice, it was determined that the play was offside, no goal. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame. So your sweetie finally comes to a game and you barely play. Is that more awkward than puberty, or is it pretty close? Your mitt looks like a boa constrictor unhinged its jaw in an effort to consume a combat submarine. Let's do that hockey. This is the summer edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. I am your host, Jeff Ponder. Make sure you stay tuned in with us every week as we bring you exclusive hockey content you won't find anywhere else. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, where we help you make every workout, every meal count. Do life better. And by Center Ice Brewery and CenterIceBrewery.com, St. Louis's wonderfully crafted hockey-themed beer found at local grocery stores and liquor stores in the St. Louis area. This is franchise episode number 365 all-time. This is season 10, uh, episode 47. Uh, okay, guys, one more week until one of our live shows. Uh, Kurt and Bill will be joining me next week for sure to discuss the draft and free agency, uh, which begins that day. Uh, so next Wednesday, one week away. How about that? Um, but, uh, yeah, draft starts tomorrow, uh, Thursday, July 7th. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be kind of the basis of the conversation here today as, as, as it was last week with Mike Morial of NHL.com. Um, but yeah, just another week. Uh, we, we Bill's actually in the middle of a move. Uh, Kurt's been doing the softball coaching and summers are just hard uh, for that kind of thing. And honestly, for me, I do enjoy doing the pre-recorded shows a little bit more over the summer. It gives me a little bit more flexibility too. But uh, again, next week we will be back definitely with a live show. So make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, because hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about with the first day of free agency and the draft already have, uh, uh, having concluded. Uh, so, uh, we got a guest I want to get to here in a second, but first of all, I did want to mention some NHL news that I thought was, uh, pretty noteworthy. Uh, a couple groundbreaking news stories have rocked the hockey news cycle. Uh, first of all, the Coachella Valley Firebirds hired Jessica Campbell as their uh, assistant coach. So she is the first female assistant coach in AHL or NHL history. Uh, She spent the last year working with the Tri-City Storm of the USHL Development Program, was an assistant coach with Germany at the IIHF uh, Men's World Championships. Uh, And, of course, if you don't know, Coachella Valley is the new AHL team and the affiliate for the Kraken. Uh, If her name sounds familiar, again, that is uh, Jessica Campbell. She did play with uh, Team Canada uh, on on multiple occasions, mostly world championships, but spent some time with their Olympic team as well. So she uh, she's a pretty decorated hockey person. And to have her join the AHL is Pretty awesome. Uh, I think we're not far away from uh, seeing this kind of thing. Uh, kind of, and that's kind of like the the thought for me at least is like I can't wait until a day when we don't. This isn't some kind of groundbreaking story. That this isn't some, you know. And, and same thing with our next story. I, I just can't wait until it's like not a big deal that a woman is coaching 
uh, a men's team. But uh, still it is, and it's something to be celebrated. So um, very cool to see Jessica Campbell uh, make it this far up. And uh, who knows, maybe maybe next uh, she's got head coaching in her sights. But uh, congratulations to her, and great work by the Coachella Valley Firebirds, the new team in the AHL, um, the uh, Kraken's new affiliate for kind of making this change and, and, uh, you know, kind of not only are they, are they, you know, making headlines by being the new AHL team, but, uh, making sure that their coaching staff is first of all, legit. And second of all, uh, hiring somebody, uh, of, of a different gender that, uh, you know, we're not used to seeing in men's hockey. So very cool to see. Uh, next big story, uh, comes from the San Jose Sharks and they've hired, uh, Mike Greer as their GM. He is the first black GM in league history. Greer spent three seasons with the Sharks, 2006 through 2009, played in 1,060 career games, uh, spent time as a scout in Chicago, an assistant coach in New Jersey, uh, and hockey operations advisor for the New York Rangers, which apparently he had a lot of the same responsibilities that an assistant general manager would. So uh, obviously he's got the, the pedigree and the credentials, but also a big deal because uh, this is a, obviously a big thing for black hockey players and black hockey fans. Uh, so he's obviously got the pedigree. Uh, big, big day for for uh, really every every hockey fan there is. I mean, that's that's really cool to see that uh, he was able to – to work his way into a GM role, um, you know, Mike Greer's a name. Everybody who's been around hockey for, I'd say, twenty years knows. Uh, again, played in over a thousand NHL games. Uh, Oilers is is one comes to mind, but let's not forget he was also drafted by the St. Louis Blues uh, in the ninth round, two hundred nineteenth overall. Uh, which again, uh, there is no 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 more ninth rounds in the uh, NHL draft. It only goes to seven now. So. Uh, Pretty big deal to make it to the NHL, uh, knowing that. Uh, his rights were dealt with Curtis Joseph to the Oilers in exchange for a pair of uh, first-round picks. And if you're wondering who those two were, that would be Marty Reasoner and Matt Zoltek. Everybody remembers Matt Zoltek. That guy was great. Reasoner, yeah, he had a pretty uh, decent NHL career, but of course he went back to Edmonton as well uh, in the Doug Waite deal. So, um, man really didn't get a lot for Cujo. Um, yeah, well, that's a conversation for another day. I'm sure Kurt and Bill would love to have that conversation. But another big thing about Mike Greer that's pretty cool, too, is his brother, Chris Greer, is actually the uh, GM of the Miami Dolphins. So uh, you got a former NHL player and uh, becomes a GM of the Sharks, and then his brother is actually the GM of another team in, well, across the country, in Miami, uh, in the NFL. So that's pretty cool uh, that, that both those guys were able to move up into those roles in different sports. So shows that there's a lot of hockey intellect, or I'm sorry, a lot of sports intellect in that family. So uh, clearly, uh, you know, again, the pedigree that Greer has, you know, since he left the NHL as a player, done plenty. Very excited to see what he does as the GM of the Sharks. He has a head coach to hire, so we'll see what direction he goes there as well as assistance. Um, and then, of course, you know, free agency coming up, uh, contracts that are already there in San Jose that are pretty cemented. See what he does with those, if anything. Uh, so it should be interesting. Uh, so my guests for the we this week, Mike Meyer and uh, Ethan Carter of the Blue Note podcast join us to discuss recent blues news, the upcoming draft, and really anything else we want to talk about. Um, so yeah, we talk a lot about the blues here. And again, this is another blues podcast. They just started, I believe this past season, uh, right around the playoff time. We'll get into that. Uh, again, that's the blue note podcast, but we will talk with them in just a minute. Um, remember we'll bring you this type of content and more throughout the summer. So every week, stay tuned with let's go blues radio as we bring you more and more exciting stuff that uh, you're not getting anywhere else. Uh, so let's hear from Mike and Ethan in just a minute. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsors, our friends over at RockinThatIDLife.com and Center Ice Brewery. It's springtime, and I know in my house, it's such a good feeling to open up the windows and let the breeze roll in for new life in my home. Your body's no different. Detoxifying your body can reduce any inflammation, 
purify your blood, help with weight loss, improve sleep, and boost your circulation. Don't just go after those detoxifiers that only focus on the gut and bowel, though. If you're going to do it, do it for real. The all-new Detox Box from RockinThatIDLife.com cleans all your systems, flushing your kidneys and bowels, detoxifying your liver, and restoring your microbiome for full homeostasis. You'll feel re-energized, restored, and renewed. Make your order now and receive a free detox water bottle with your order. Visit RockinThatIDLife.com or email Dustin at RockinThatIDLife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's RockinThatIDLife.com and give your body that much-needed spring cleaning today. Do you like hockey? No, of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Centerize Brewery. That's right, Centerize Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Centerize Brewery. Let's go Blues. And for the interview portion of today's show, I am joined by fellow blues podcasters, uh, Mike Meyer and Ethan Carter. Uh, they also are blues writers for the hockeywriters.com and hosts of the Blue Note podcast. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining the show. Thanks for having us. Great Thanks for having us, yeah. So, Mike, question for you right off the top. Do you yeah. prefer when people make fun of your name as the comedian or the killer? Depends on the time of the year. It really depends on the time of the year here. So, you know, most of the time I try to always live my life here like the comedian, but boy, get me into a good mood and, uh, you know, we'll be able to meet that other personality here as well. Ooh, that's a little scary. Maybe at Halloween time, we'll have you back and wear the mask and everything. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, again, you guys write for the hockeywriters.com. I used to write and edit for them as well. Um, and uh, our friend Steven Ground from uh, Two Guys, One Cup is mm -hmm. over there. So what's your guys relationship like with, uh, with Steven? He's, he's been great here with us. You know, uh, we actually just recently did a huge report card series here. And so he, you know, he laid a lot of the groundwork here for it. Um, we have an individual Slack channel that we are just constantly discussing about blues topics and, you know, rumors and, you know, trade bait and, you know, whatever that it might end up being. And he's, he's pretty level headed here as far as, you know, and got a good, pulse here as far as you know, like what's going on here with the blues here in itself so um great great guy you know we just recently had him on our podcast here as well and just huge tons of insight here and you know i felt like i could have been talking with him another two three hours here about some of the stuff man i, I we have an exact opposite opinion of the guy i can't stand him. <laughs> i'm just kidding friend of the show steven ground great guy um yeah and he was uh yeah he was recently on uh the blue note podcast we were one of your more recent episodes correct Yep. Yep. He helped me co-host an episode. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, uh, so again, you guys over, uh, over at the hockeywriters.com, uh, as well as the blue note podcast. Now, are you both in St. Louis? Yeah, I am, um, just about 40 minutes South of St. Louis here, just in Festus. Okay. Ethan, I, what about you? I actually, I actually live in Illinois, but it is, uh, about, 50 minutes away from St. Louis. Um, I'm closer to the Springfield area, but uh, pretty close to St. Louis still. So I can, I can get up for a game pretty much anytime I want. It's not too far, not too bad. Man. So Festus and uh, close to Springfield, uh, well, closer to Springfield. How did you guys end up uh, getting together to, to come up with a podcast? I mean, it was really just through the hockeywriters.com whenever Mike, joined uh i just figured you know i wanted to start one and i kind of i think i don't i think you were the first choice i'm not 100 sure if i remember correctly but i'm pretty sure you were we'll go with first uh, choice i think you were the first one that i messaged about it uh yeah. because i knew that steven already did one which you know i've been steven's been there the entire time that i've been with the hockey writers this is my third year i believe so um yeah you were definitely the first guy I messaged, I'm pretty sure, for this podcast, and I just wanted to start one. 
And uh, that's how it got going. It didn't take that long for us to get up and running, but uh, it's been pretty mm-hmm. good. I think uh, we've done 13 episodes. So, yeah. yeah, it's not bad. So new to the Blues podcast landscape. Uh, so I guess as the original St. Louis Blues podcast, I, I will welcome you into the Brethren by having you on this episode. Um, always, We always say, you know, like it's funny because you look at radio and it's all about ratings and everyone's, you know, it's it's very it can be very cutthroat but mm-hmm. i always say with podcasting i hope you guys agree we're all have we all have the same goal right we all want to cover the st louis blues we all want to get more hockey coverage in st louis that's why i think it's good to have a good relationship i joke about steven steven's great over at uh two guys one cup as well as blues hockey podcast all the other podcasts love you guys so so bring it on bring on more blues content so Welcome to uh, the Blues podcasting community because, hey, we'd love to have more. Anybody else wants to start a Blues podcast, let's see it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's some great, great content that's out there. I mean, whether it's with you guys or, you know, even all the way up to the, I say the pros, but, you know, like with Jamie Rivers and like his uh, last minute um, Blues podcast, who are like the guys at 105.7 and stuff, you know, I mean, there's there's just some great, great content that's out there. Yeah, and I always say if if you for whatever reason you don't like Let's Go Blues Radio or you don't like the Blue Note podcast or whatever, there's another blues podcast out there for you that you will like. So there's mm-hmm. plenty of content out there for you blues fans. Yep. Uh so uh guys, I want to talk to you just uh kind of you know give people a glimpse into your podcast. Let's talk about some recent blues news here and we'll uh we'll kind of get into the off season as well. So uh, big news out of St. Louis recently is some coaching news. Uh, Jim Montgomery, who the Blues uh, had hired back in September of 2020 as an assistant uh, after he had uh, gone through some alcohol alcohol abuse issues, uh, looks like he is leaving the Blues and uh, he's replacing Bruce Cassidy in Boston. This was announced on Friday, the same day his contract with the Blues actually expired. Um, I'll just add very quickly that I love this. Like usually when I see a coach leave an assistant coach, it's kind of like, ah, damn, that sucks. You know, like that guy was great. But for this, it's to me, it's a redemption story. It's a guy who had some demons. He battled through it and he's back to the head coaching ranks. So I, I think this was the plan all along for the blues just to kind of, you know, kind of extend the olive branch, get him back into a coaching role. Maybe someday he gets back to head coach. We're at that now. It sucks. I think the special teams is going to suffer without him there. But, again, redemption story, good for him. Happy to see him back in the coaching ranks. What are your guys' takes on uh, Jim uh, – I'm sorry. Yeah, Jim Montgomery leaving the St. Louis Blues to head coach the Boston Bruins. Ethan, you want to be able to start here on this one? Yeah. Um, so, I don't. I, I said this on our on our show. I don't think there's enough good things you could say about what Jim Montgomery did for the Blues. Um, I think the the power play, just how good it was, how he worked with the players. I think right from day one, I think there was that video with uh, him and uh, kind of showing Tory Krug around whenever Krug signed in St. Louis a couple years ago. That was right after Montgomery had uh, been hired, I believe. So um, I just think he did such a good job here and I like like Jeff said I think this was always kind of the the ideas he was eventually going to get there again I think it's a great hire for Boston I think uh he was really good in Dallas obviously did not get let go in Dallas because of anything on the ice um but just just a great great job he did here and, and a great guy it seems so really really thrilled for Jim Montgomery no doubt yeah absolutely I mean it's it's gonna suck losing a guy like him, you know, being able to replace him with a guy like Craig McTavish here is he's got his work cut out for him. But again, just be able to just keep piling here on this, you know, nothing better could have happened here to a guy like this. You know, like you said, he had that fight here with alcohol abuse and, you know, knowing a couple of individuals myself um, who have fought through alcohol abuse, um, you just want to be there. You want to love on him. You want to support him, be able to do anything here possible and be able to see, the Blues as an organization come through, step up and say, hey, we want to be able to be the team that gives this guy a huge redemption story. Not only that, but we want to be able to pair here with him uh, to try and be able to help ourselves out. So it's a good win-win situation here for the Blues. But um, it's it's just an amazing story, and I'm incredibly happy. Don't like the fact that he's going off to Boston, but, you know, 
neither here nor there here at this point, but, you know, love the hire here for the Bruins. And again, it's going to be a tall task for the Blues to replace. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I felt was I'm like, man, I, I wanted him hired, but man, I don't really want to root against him. Yeah. But again, it's the Eastern Conference. We only see him twice a year, but it's still Boston. I mean, right. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could have gone to anybody else, you know, would have been a little bit more okay here with it, I think. Going to Boston, well, well, you know, neither here nor there. It just is what it is. I wish him the best, but uh, I, I will say I hope I don't want to see him win a Stanley Cup in Boston. So, uh, sorry, Jim. I, I have my limits, and that's it right there. Uh, so you uh, you kind of alluded to it there, Mike. Uh, the same day the Blues was pretty much just a couple hours later. They announced that Craig McTavish was going to be brought in as an assistant coach. If that name sounds familiar to you and you're a younger fan, that's because uh, he is the last player to uh, play in the NHL without a helmet uh, and actually ended his career with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, He began coaching as assistant in 1997 with New York, the Rangers. After two seasons there, he joined the Oilers as an assistant for one season, then took over as head coach in 2000, spent eight seasons as a head coach there after leaving he actually uh, rejoined in June 2012 with the Oilers to serve as a senior vice president of hockey operations and then two seasons as a GM. Clearly has the hockey pedigree. Um, I think a lot of people uh, that I saw online were a little concerned, like, oh, if Ruby gets fired, are they going to go with McTavish as head coach? And I don't think we can I don't know. I, I don't like speculating about that kind of thing because I think Ruby's job is pretty cemented. But again, if you guys have other opinions, please let me know. But yeah, I uh, I actually think, you know, it's a fine hire. It's a guy who obviously knows hockey and uh, he's been around the block and and, you know, clearly he's a name that everybody knows. So uh, adds a little notoriety to the Blues uh, coaching staff. But but your guys thoughts on Craig McTavish joining the Blues. And we'll start I, with uh, Mike. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, Armstrong came out and if there was any doubt that was in my mind here about it, I mean, Armstrong did a hell of a job talking him up. You know, he said the knowledge of four Stanley Cups, coaching, managing, being in every aspect of the game. um, It's just going to be someone that the Blues fans and players alike are just going to be able to love and enjoy working with. You know, he had, like you said, two seasons here with, with the Blues, 10 years of coaching experience that he's adding here to the staff. I, I think it's a great hire. I don't know if you can really be able to get anybody else that's willing to come on as an assistant head coach here with the Blues that's going to come with this high of a pedigree and this build of a resume at this point. So I love it. Again, he's going to have his work cut out for him. But, you know, I, I think Craig Berube here and his fellow staff members are going to be able to do just wonderful things together. I think it's I think it's a great hire too. I think it's an obvious choice. You get a guy with that much experience. I think you look at all the different levels that he's been at, whether it's being a head coach in the NHL, an assistant coach in the NHL, head coach in the AHL, head coach in the KHL, uh, television broadcaster, executive in front offices. So he's kind of been around the block, like Jeff said. But it's just it's a, it's a good hire because you want that experience, and you already have a very very good coaching staff around Baruby with Steve Ott and Mike Van Ryan, but. Uh, adding a guy like McTavish, I think, is a perfect fit because it's a, an experienced guy, and it's somebody that, I mean, will he get another head coaching job? Maybe, but I think that Ott and Van Ryan are much more likely to to be the next ones out. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a great hire, and and I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Doug Armstrong knows what he's doing when it comes to these types of moves. Yeah, and again, you know, let's just say the Blues go on an zero and fifteen run to open the season. They fire their head coach, uh, you know, Craig Berube. I don't think that's going to happen, but if it did, um, one, there's no guarantee Craig McTavish, yeah, I'm sure would step in as your head coach for in an interim basis. But for people who are concerned about that, I think that's a little crazy. I, I don't think Craig Berube's going anywhere. Um, no. Again, no. despite maybe a, you know, a crazy bad run this season, but I just don't see that happening. I think Berube would need to almost kill a guy. Out, out of the arena, you know, for something like that to be able to happen, you know, with the, with what Barube has had to deal with coming in as, you know, as midway through the season, be able to take the team here to the Stanley Cup, he had to deal with COVID and the dome and shortened seasons and everything else here at this point. I mean, he has given the Blues fans in the front office every single benefit of the doubt 
here at this point. So, I mean, it would take a lot, I think, for, for Barube to be let go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I don't, I didn't see it even years ago. There was a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was right after the cup run, where people were saying, oh, they're going on a big skid. I could see him let go. And I'm like, he was just signed as a head coach. I think people right. are just a little too quick to pull the trigger on head coaches nowadays. Yeah, I mean, they could go back to Mike Yo. They, they 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 could not going to i mean you want to piss everyone <laughs> off definitely go with mike yo <laughs> that guy he just signed another job assist is it a ahl head coach for vancouver i don't know how yeah. that guy keeps getting worked. I don't know if he went either as like an assistant head coach or the ahl head coach i see ethan looking it up at this point yeah it, i don't know i i said after he left st louis i'm like he will probably get another head coaching job somewhere else, which he did. But I'm like, after that, I don't see him working in hockey again. And they keep proving me wrong with that old boys club. Yeah. And it upsets <laughs> me because, you know, I used to really root for the guy in Minnesota. You know, yeah. I said, you know, the team that he had in Minnesota just did not do him any bit of justice. And I said, you give this guy a good team to actually have something to work with. He's going to prove all the doubters wrong. And he proved me wrong <laughs> here at that yep. point. So. <laughs> That's right. Assistant coach with the Canucks, which is just unbelievable. Oh, uh, I, 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 I like Bruce Boudreaux. I think he's a good coach, but it's a tough assistant to have there with that resume. I mean, I know the Flyers loved him, but if you listen to the podcast, you know that my judgment of the Flyers and how they run their franchises is, is pretty bad. Chuck Fletcher's the worst GM in the league, but anyway. Yeah, I think if you listen to any Flyers podcast, yep. I would agree with you. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so Alexi Torpchenko also uh, made headlines this weekend. Uh, apparently he will be sidelined until December. Uh, Blues GM Doug Armstrong says he had shoulder surgery. He said he could have played through it, but then if an injury uh, would have required surgery in the midseason, he would have missed the rest of the regular season. So didn't want to take the risk, just said, let's, let's get him under the table now. And uh, that's what they're doing. I'm sorry, on the table now. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Torpchenko to miss until at least December that opens up a roster spot. Obviously a lot could happen this summer. We'll see. But um, in my opinion, that points to one guy. I'll take your guys' opinions on this. I think Jake neighbors, it's his spot to lose at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan, you want to take this one first? I think, I think that's what it seems like. I mean, I think that this is also a big moment for Logan Brown if he sticks around. I think Nathan Walker, I know I think he had a little bit of a cleanup surgery as well, but doesn't seem like anything that's going to hold him out. Um, and I think I've always wanted them to sign a fourth-line center, a veteran that probably isn't Tyler Bozak for this season, somebody like a Nick Bugstad or somebody like that. Ryan Carpenter is another name. But um, Torbchenko, I think, has got to be – a guy that when he's healthy, he should be right back in the lineup, like fourth line, probably winger. Cause I think there is something that could happen with Ivan Barbashev this summer in terms of a trade. That's not out of the question, but uh, this is a big moment for those depth forwards. Dakota Joshua was another one that could, you know, step into that role. But um, I kind of just view this as number one. I agree that neighbors should be in the lineup to start next season. No doubt to me. Number two, what does this do for Nathan Walker and Logan Brown and Dakota Joshua and some of those other depth forwards? Number three, Torpchenko has to be in the lineup when he uh, is back, no matter what. I think you uh, you took one of my points here, definitely here with a guy like Dakota Joshua. You know, he's a guy who we did see come up, you know, he split some time with Nathan Walker at this point. Um I don't think it's going to be out of the question that he could be able to earn a spot here, you know, but neighbors is absolutely going to be the guy who I think is penciled in right there in that third line spot where I initially had Torbchenko listed. Um, I would love to be able to see Jake neighbors up here. I think he's going to bring a good offensive dynamic here to the blues and just be able to continue to fill out that depth, especially at an offensive role. But the blues have also proven that they need, in my opinion, the defensive forwards to be able to step up here as well. Their defensive core is not good enough. I think to be able to step up with a lot of the other high-powered, high-caliber offensive teams that are around the league. So having a, a good two-way player here, especially a defensive-minded, and I'm sorry for those if they can be able to hear my children freaking out in the background here at this point. Um, <laughs> They're used to it on this show. 
Yes. <laughs> um, Torbchenko fits that mold. You know, he can be able to score goals, but he can, he's a great defensive player. And so um, that was why he was number one, in my opinion, here for that role. So it's going to be tough um, for the Blues to not have a guy here like him. So, yeah, definitely a guy like Jake Neighbors is first and foremost should be at the top of the list here for at least a temporary replacement. Yeah, and I, I actually liked what Armstrong said about losing Torbchenko. He said, you know, the guy only played, what, 40 to 50 games last year, and it's weird to say this, but we are going to miss him while he's out. Yeah. And I think that speaks to how much, how high he made it on Berube's list um, when he came in last year as a rookie. I, I loved his game. The minute he stepped in, I thought, if he can bring this kind of energy consistently, then he is a, a bona fide third to fourth line player for this team and really any team in the NHL. And, you know, you see a lot of players that'll come in. Nathan Walker kind of kind of to a certain extent did that where he stepped in, played great. And then as he got more minutes, it was just kind of like, ah, OK, he's still good, but he's not really bringing what he brought when he first joined the team. I think Torpchenko did that every game. Um, you know, there was a couple times where it seemed like maybe he was battling an injury or, you know, something was nagging him. But and maybe it was the shoulder issue. But, yeah, I, I thought. Overall, his game was great and really added a new dynamic to the Blues roster. He's a complete, he's a he's a bona fide Blues player, in my opinion. I mean, he fits the mold of that scrappy, he's going to hit you up, he's going to score some goals here too, just well-rounded type player. You know, that's just the blue-collar definition of a St. Louis Blues player. It's one that fans are going to be able to love, I think, going into next season. And maybe, and I may be a little bit ahead of myself, but I think you're going to start seeing some Torpchenko jerseys and jerseys around the place. You know, if he continues his style of play, you know, maybe more towards the end here of next season or so in the beginning here of like the 23 24 season. Um, Torpchenko is a guy who he could be able to turn some heads here as a, as a fan favorite. I could definitely see that. Um, I li- yeah, I, I see that because. Uh, we love our fourth liners here in St. Louis, right? We love our grinders. So, yep, I think that's a guy that could definitely do that because he can, he's got a scoring touch, too. He's got some nice hands. Uh, so, uh, Blues Prospect Camp starts, uh, speaking of some Blues Prospects, uh, starts July 11th through the 14th. You can find the schedule over at stlouisblues.com. Players such as Jake Neighbors, Zach Bulduke, Matt Kessel, and then, of course, Prospects from the upcoming draft, which uh, is actually tomorrow, uh, July 7th. Um, so uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, uh, I'm going to do my best to at least attend once or twice. Uh, you think either you will be able to make it out there for uh, any of the prospect camp, or is that even anything that kind of excites you or not? Ethan? I mean, it excites me. Um, I don't know if I'll make it out there, but it is something that I'm going to pay close attention to. Because uh, I think this draft is something that scares it. Like I, I know we'll get into the draft, but I'm a little bit worried about, about this draft and I wouldn't blame Doug Armstrong for not wanting to pick in certain spots. But anyway, I mean, yeah, to see, to see Bull Duke and neighbors and, and Kessel, there's some really good prospects coming up. And I think eventually it's going to make Doug Armstrong make a couple moves where it's like, you know, we got these guys coming up. We got to make some moves because at some point the depth gets to be too much. It's, it's a good problem to have, but I think Barbashev, I'll bring him up again as an example of that might happen uh, because of some of these guys. So, but it, yeah, the prospect camp's always fun to pay attention to. Don't know if I'll be in attendance. Maybe there's a chance. We'll see, but uh, it'll be something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm gonna end up. I'm gonna try my best to make it here. You know, that whole full time nine to five schedule. You know, really kind of bums me out and it's more of a, a 7.30 to 4 kind of schedule here at this point so that really limits me as far as my ability to be able to go but um, I'm going to be able to try my absolute best I actually just wrote a piece here over at the Hockey Riders um, for five different players that fans may not know at least a little bit here like as well at this point in time so you know I highlighted guys like a Matt Kessel um, who else did I highlight here? Uh, Tyler Tucker was he one of them? He's one that intrigues me He's a guy that definitely interests me, but it was not a guy that I wrote about. I tried to just keep to that two two one pattern here. Let me pull this up. I should have had this prepared. I'm sorry. God, you're Let's the worst, see. Mike. I know. Don't I know. listen totally to that Blue Note podcast. This is the kind of crap you get. 
<laughs> uh, let's see. Dylan Peterson. He was um, number 86 overall during the 2020 draft. Simone Robertson out of uh, the Swedish leagues, seven, 71st overall in 2021. Leo Luf. Some people may be able to remember him, especially during the World Juniors with that crazy hit that probably would have gotten him, what, like 10 game suspension here in the NHL? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Matt Kessel, you know, really, really good, in my opinion, good, solid defensive prospect, 6'3", 203 pounds, um, and that you got to be able to see if you paid attention to any of the Thunderbirds games. You know, he scored the uh, game-winning goal here in overtime during game one. Um, unfortunately, it was, you know, a shortly-lived final here for them. But uh, yeah. And then goaltender Colton Ellis. You know, these are all guys that I thought the Blues fans definitely should be paying attention here during – that prospect camp that are not named Jake neighbors, Zach Balduk, you know, any of like these higher profile kind of players. Yeah. And these prospect camps that always kind of, there's always a couple names that'll pop out and you'll be like, Oh, and, and I remember a couple of years ago, Alexi Torpchenko. And I mm-hmm. thought I wouldn't watch and I'm like, that guy, that guy might have a future here. Like the yeah. way that he skates, the, his size, the way he handles the puck. I'm like, there's a chance. And, and I remember but way back in the day, I had a friend telling me about this guy named Lee Stepniak. And I was like, <laughs> oh, who? Like, that's a stupid name. And come to find out, he's on the roster in 2006, you know? So it's like, there's names that'll pop out that you don't really realize. And then a couple of years later, you might be like, oh, I think I saw that guy in prospect camp. So it's always fun to, if you can get away, like uh, Mike said, with it being middle of the day, it's kind of hard for us nine to fivers to... uh to to make but if you can right. make it out there it's always a lot of fun it's you know it's free hockey in the middle of july you know can't beat that no not at all and and just for the circle back here you know again a guy like a dylan peterson is one that i've got my eye on here a lot you know i'll have twitter and whatnot here kind of going throughout the day to be able to see some different reactions but he's a guy that i have pegged I'm not saying he's going to be David Backus, but even as a David Backus light, I mean, as of right now, you know, he's 6'4", 190 pounds, some good, good offensibility, but he is not afraid to lay the body, uh, block some shots here at this point. So he reminds me a lot of a David Backus type that I think Blues fans would be really, really intrigued seeing where he ends up at here at this point. So if you get the chance to make it out to the prospect camp, um, Peterson, Dylan Peterson, is the guy who um, that's, that's what I'm interested in. I will keep my eye on him if I make it out there for sure. Uh, so uh, talking about prospects, the draft, the NHL draft actually starts uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, which is odd. I, lo- I looked at that before we started talking. Cause I just assumed it was Friday, Saturday. And I'm like, Oh, it's Thursday, Thursday Friday. Friday. Interesting. Do you uh, like so yeah. Re- what's that? Do you like the, the Thursday, Friday here this year? Are you, I'm going to say no right now. Ask me after. Maybe I'll feel differently afterward. Um, Because right now, I I don't know. I like the kind of grab a beer, check out the draft Friday night. You know, work's done for the week. And, you know, then wake up Saturday morning. And, you know, I'm one of those nerds. Probably like you guys, I say nerds. But it's all of us crazy blues (laughs) fans. Enthusiasts. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Wake up Saturday morning. Watch the whole rounds two through seven. So we'll see. I mean, I could probably still do both. I'll, you know, I got a TV over my shoulder here, so I'll be watching Friday while I'm working. But I don't know. I maybe I'll like it. It just feels weird with it being a Thursday night. Yeah. How do you guys feel about it? I could go either way. Um, I agree. <laughs> I enjoy the Saturday and the Friday, but I think most other leagues doing it Thursday probably makes the NHL think, well, we probably should just do that too. Um, but I we'll see. I think it's it's going to be like Jeff said, a wait and see thing. Yep. Yeah. I think the NHL is really trying to do their best here, like with ratings at this point. And somebody like an ESPN says, uh, "You need to shift it here to a Thursday because, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons means a lot more moolah here at this point. You know, these guys are going to be going out on Friday. They may be willing to be able to watch it, but if you say, "Hey, we're going to do it on a Thursday," people may be a little more at home. They may not have the you know, oh, well, we've got Susie's ball game, or we've got this here on a Friday, or you know, we're going out here as a family, or whatever. And so it's a little more of a chance that they get the chance, you know, the opportunity to be able to watch the event. So um, while it is a little bit weird, you know, us hockey guys, you know, we're all about the tradition, and well, oh, that's yeah. the way it's always been. And so um, it's it's a wait and see here for me as well. 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's it's you got to wonder how much ESPN factored into this, and they were just like, hey, every other draft, yeah, we do it on Thursday, like switch to Thursday, and you know, Sportsnet's like, we're gonna get ratings no matter what. It's it's right. hockey. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's it's a draft. It, it's hockey coverage in July, and this year it's in Montreal. So like, mm-hmm. we're going to get we're gonna be fine. Put put it on a Tuesday. We don't care. Um, but anyway, so. Couple names that uh, we talked about last week with Mike Morial of NHL.com, which uh, if you haven't checked out that episode, I recommend you do, folks. Uh, Nathan Goche, uh, Liam Ogren, Luca Del Bell Belize, who I think is B- Blues. It's Luca Del Bell Belize, which I love that name. So I'm I'm hoping they draft him just for his name, as well as uh, Jimmy Snuggerud were names that he mentioned for the Blues picking at number twenty three. Is there anyone? that you guys are looking at maybe in that list or, or otherwise uh, that you're kind of eyeing for the blues to pick at number 23, if they keep that pick. Ethan, I think you and I had almost what seven different guys outside of all of those here that Jeff just listed. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, and that just, that just goes to prove like the volatility of this year's draft class. Like you have yeah. no idea where these guys are going. It yep. also worries me though. Cause it's like, I, I, I'm starting to lean towards Army trading the pick. Like, I'm starting to lean towards them picking the second round rather than the first round. Now, if there's a name like Yager Furkus, who has a great name but is also a really good player, if he's there at 23, you'll run there. I don't think Mm -hmm. he'll be there, but that's my number one guy for this team. Uh, I just think the ability to be a versatile forward and to have as good of a shot as he has and to be able to kind of play – both ends of special teams, and he's absolutely no doubt about it going to be a top six forward in the league. Mm-hmm. It's not because of his name, even though it's great, Yager, Furkus, uh, <laughs> but that's my number one guy. And my number two guy would be Seamus Casey, who's a defenseman for the U.S. National Development Program, a smaller defenseman but plays a lot bigger and is much better defensively than most small defensemen are. So you may look at him and think that's Perunovic or that's you know a smaller, that's a Quinn Hughes type in terms of size. But he's a lot better defensively than those guys um, in terms of projections. So, but I am worried about this draft because I don't think there's much at the end of the first round where it's kind of worth taking it unless you are a team that needs uh, prospects. I think I, I think I'd lean towards trading the pick though at this point because I don't I don't think that there's a guy other than a Furcus that's going to jump off the page. Maybe if Brad Lambert's there, who is supposed to be like a number two or three overall pick like a year ago in this draft. And now he's probably going to go middle of the first round, but yeah, I kind of lean towards trading the pick right now. See, and that's where I've got a slightly different opinion. So you went with defenseman and a right winger, right winger here being Yager Furkus defenseman, Seamus Casey, you know, I've got left winger Rutger McGrory. I still think it's 6'1", 205 pounds. I mean, this guy is going to be a top six forward here in the NHL. You know, he served as the team captain. He's he's a versatile forward. He can be able to play any single forward position here that the team needs him to be able to play. Um, he's willing to be able to hit. But, again, I don't know if he's going to be available because he's projected to go anywhere from 17 to 23. But then you've also got left-handed defenseman Owen Pickering, who was initially a top 10 thought projection here at this point he's six four hundred and eighty pounds and again the blues don't have a lot of top end left-handed defensemen so a guy like him who may have the upside of a top four but i'm also seeing that he may just be a depth he may be a top two and and again this the scouting on this draft class just throw almost everything out the window out of like the top five almost the top two here at this point so you know my two overall picks here would end up being Rucker McGrory and Owen Pickering Hmm. well I think you guys can agree that uh it could go completely different way we could it could be somebody that nobody has even talked about for the Blues picking it all depends on how the teams stack up before them maybe somebody uh, drops that like you mentioned with um uh I would never say his name Yager Yager's first name Right. Yager Furcus. 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 Yeah. 
Um, I always want to feel like I'm going to curse when I say his name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, you never know. Uh, somebody could drop, somebody could, uh, be a, a surprise pick that, uh, you know, we, again, we had a couple people that, uh, Mike Morial last week had mentioned, you never know, but that's why it's fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. uh, tune into the draft tomorrow night, um, for anybody who uh, is interested in that first pick again, maybe the blues don't even pick it. Maybe they do what Ethan says and maybe they move it. Um, so uh, kind of uh, going over the Blues this upcoming summer, um, there's a lot that could happen here. Um, but I want to go uh, just kind of a quick hit from both of you, a yes or a no. Will this player be back with the Blues for 2022-2023? Uh, we'll start with David Perron. Yes. Yes. Uh, Billy Huso. No. No. Tyler Bozak. No. No. And Nick Letty. No. I'm going to go with no as well. I, I love the hesitation because that's, that's, I know you guys are thinking the exact same thing that I'm thinking. You'd love to have him back, but not for the price tag that we're seeing he's asking for. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's exactly. We it. would yeah. love he's... for him to be back at a much lower salary. And I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Yeah, he's definitely proven his worth. I mean, he meshes so well in Craig's Ber- Craig Berube's system, so well. And I would love to have him. You know, he and he paired really well with with Colton Pareko, but mm-hmm. it's just the amount of money that he's going to be able to command. And that was one of the, right. another one of the reasons why I did not want Ryan McDonough. His his right. salary was no thank you, no thank yeah. you. And well, and that's no what people what we can get Tampa to 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 hold on to his salary. I'm like, no, they're moving him because of his salary. So, mm-hmm. no, they're not going to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, there's a lot of money already tied up in this defense. So, you got to try and find some hidden gems, I think, to uh, to go with some of those high-priced guys. Well, um, I guess that's why they're talking about the the trade rumor here of a uh, particular Blues defenseman. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that just came out before we started recording. Uh, Frank Saravelli apparently says that Tory Krug is on his trade watch. So, uh, what would you guys think about that? Obviously, it depends on return, but how do you feel about maybe moving a Tory Krug at this point? I I've always liked the fit of Krug here, uh, but the Perunovich factor is legit. I don't think this happens this summer. I'd be kind of surprised if it did, because I don't really know what team is going to be running to sign or to trade for a defenseman who has what is it five years left? Yeah at 30 years old, 31 or whatever he is now. So I feel like how many teams are going to be running after that, especially when you throw in the no trade cause factor. I don't really see how this deal would even really be possible because like, where's he going to want to go? He's got to be particular about that. I'm sure. And what team is going to give the blues enough to where they're like, okay, we'll deal him. I don't think that this happens. I think that this is one of those where, He'll probably be on Saravalli's trade board for a while, maybe in, even in next season, but I don't see that happening this summer. If it's going to happen, it's going to be next summer or the one after. Um, but I just don't see this happening right now. No, and I and I love his chemistry here with Justin Falk here at this point. You know, again, he he deals with a couple of injuries every single season, and some of them are completely out of his control, you know, and they're just almost freak accents that they happen. And maybe that's just a downside to his his size, you know, in the style of the game that he tries to be able to play. He does try to be able to, to play a little bit heavier game and a bigger game than what he actually is. So, you know, I love I love the uh, the little man complex <laughs> that he may have at this point. But um, like you said, I don't think at 31 years old, 6.5 million AAV, over the next five seasons and a full no trade clause. So even if a team it's, it's like Ryan McDonough, even if a trade would happen and he gets moved, say that new team wants to move him a little bit later. Now you're dealing with an older player, still the same high cap hit. What do you do? Who's, who's going to be able to take on that older player here now? I mean, your options are going to be even more limited. So it's, it's just not going to be a good situation. I think the blues hold on to him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, we mentioned Frank, Sar- uh, Valley's, uh, uh, trade target list. Tarasenko finds himself at number five on that list. And again, this is as of, uh, July 6th, 2022. So right before the draft. Um, what do you guys think? You think Tarasenko sticks around or you think he gets moved this summer? 
I think he gets moved. Um, I'm leaning towards that at this point. I think it's something you got to figure out now. I'll probably be writing about something along these lines within the next couple of days. If you're going to figure out Tarasenko, it's got to be now because you got to figure out you want to go into next season and another year where prove it year, I guess you could call it. Are you going to extend him or let him walk? Uh, are you going to trade him? Are you going to extend him now? I don't think they're going to extend him now. I think the trade's got to happen now. Uh, and if you look at what Saravalli wrote, he said, Vladimir Tarasenko has no plans to rescind his trade requests. He'd still like to move on. So that is the opposite of Jake DeBrusque in Boston, for another example, who rescinded his. And it says at the end here of this, um, let's see, the he could be the game breaker the Hurricanes desire. So the Hurricanes are the only team outside of the Blues mentioned in that little snippet from Saravalli. So I think Carolina, and I, I tweeted this, I think Carolina would actually be a pretty good trade partner because they can give you a top six forward. They could give you a left-handed defenseman or a defenseman in general. I don't know who it would be. I think if you're the Blues, you might want to try to pry away Seth Jarvis, who's still very young, and the Hurricanes probably don't want to trade him. But if they want to pair Tarasenko with somebody like Sebastian Ajo, I'd like 20-year-old Seth Jarvis with 40 points in 68 games. So – I think that would make sense if Carolina's a team. I think New Jersey's always been a team that is in there. If New Jersey doesn't get Alex Debrinkit or they don't get JT Miller, I could see New Jersey calling. There's another team that has young players that they can give you. Dawson Mercer would be the first name that I would throw out there just because these are guys that these teams don't want to trade. But how badly do you want Tarasenko at 82 points in 75 games last season? So I think how good he was last season and the fact that he still wants traded the Blues can finally get a ton back for him, which is what Doug Armstrong, he wasn't going to give him away last season for or last summer for nothing. So this summer he can actually get stuff for him, worthy stuff, a lot of value, uh, maybe even a top 10 pick this year, which I wouldn't love just because, like I said, I'm not a fan of this draft. But uh, I think I think Tarasenko is going to get traded. Could we let's, – let's do some fan service here. Tarasenko – and some likely some assets to Calgary. Oh, of course. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta at least talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that is what everyone's dream is, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And be able to move a guy here like a Tarasenko, who, like you said, now has some real stock price. You know, his his stock has severely increased at this point. Calgary may be interested. I don't know if Tarasenko would be interested, but and and you know you know that Kachuk is interested in signing an extension with St. Louis. Like there, there's no doubt in my mind here about that. So right. it would just depend, I think, on how much because he's a guy who could probably command near ten million dollars a season. And would the Blues want to be able to hitch their wagon to that? That's a hefty price tag. Yeah. So and I mean one of the quietest hundred point seasons we've ever seen oh, yeah. out of a player too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, all the talk about Johnny Hockey and love the guy, but man, where does he at here without Matthew Kachuk? Yeah, agree. Um, so is there uh, is there a let's just say you know October 2022 2023 season starts? Um, what's coming out of this summer? Is there like a big thing you're wanting to see from the Blues? Is there any kind of retooling, maybe even minor? Uh, that that's on your guys's uh, uh, kind of wish list for the Blues this summer. Left-handed defenseman. Yep. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. It's just <laughs> yeah. how, how are you going to get it? I think is the big question. Are you going to you know do what most teams would love to do, which is just call Chuck Fletcher the Philadelphia Flyers and get Provorov for nothing or Sanheim at a good price? I think those are great possibilities. Um, I don't think the Chikrin thing is going to happen because I think a team like Columbus who was mentioned for him yesterday could give up a lot more than, uh, than the blues could in a deal like that. Um, just because I don't think the, I think Chikorin, I think that's, that ship has sailed. If that was ever going to happen, it probably would have happened by now. I think you got to turn your focus to what Philadelphia has on the mm-hmm. left side with Provorov and Sanheim. And then elsewhere uh, in terms of other positions, I think maybe you, if you trade Barbashev or you trade Tarasenko, I think maybe you, uh, got to figure out how to replace them. I don't really see anything on the free agent market that would really turn that many heads for me. But if you look at a trade, I mean, you could get, you know, 
Jesper Brat in in a uh, in a Tarasenko deal with New Jersey possibly 73 points in 76 games. He's 23 years old, pending RFA. So kind of similar to what the Blues did with uh, Buchnevich last season with the Rangers. Obviously a bigger scale here if you're trading Tarasenko in that deal. But um, I think that's the guy you look at. And then elsewhere, in terms of what Saravalli's writing, I think I don't know what you guys think about the whole Poyarvi thing. I, yeah, I, I don't love anyway. it. It's 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 one of those things where are you just going to bring him in and then throw him on the third line? I don't really see how that's going to help him or the Blues. Like I, I think you put Jake Neighbors there before you put a Poyarvi there. So yeah. I agree, and that screams Yakupov two point to me. Yep, yeah. Yeah. I, agree. I mean that draft with Poyarvi was unbelievable. How everybody thought he was going to be just the next thing, and and no, not at all the next thing. So um, yeah, I think left left handed defenseman, and then. Whatever happens with Tarasenko or a Barbashev, I think is going to determine whether they add to the forward group. Because I think if you trade Tarasenko, you got to get either a young, high-scoring winger or somebody who is, you know, mid to late twenties and is a big scorer. So it's just it's got to be a big deal. Now, if David Pasternak becomes available, then I think you know you kind of throw Tarasenko at the Bruins and be like your thoughts um i think that would be great <laughs> i don't think that'll happen but i think there's going to be a bit of a retool i think i actually think doug armstrong is going to do more to this roster than people think yeah and they need to they're going to be strapped financially i mean everybody knows they're going to be strapped financially here which is one of my biggest concerns especially about the either 1b or backup goaltending position because everybody wants to, be able to bring up chucky sideburns Everybody would does, but you've only got five games as a sample size. You know, he performed decently well at the AHL and it's no disrespect to the AHL, but it's not the NHL. And there's a reason why he was not up with any other team in the NHL. So maybe it was just his preference or, you know, whatever that it's going to end up being here, but you may be forced to go with him at a backup position or a one B to, to Bennington, but, you know, everybody just keeps everybody just keeps talking about, you know, well, how close are the Blues to Colorado? Oh, they're going to be really close. Well, yes and no, because how close would you have been had Huso not saved your bacon all season long? That's true. So if Bennington decides to be able to actually play, then fantastic. But if we see another Bennington repeat, then the Blues are in big trouble. I don't care how many goals that they can score. If they can't keep the puck out of the back of the net, they're, they're going to be in even bigger trouble. Yep. I'll so agree with that. Defenseman and uh, either 1B or backup goaltending, I think, are my two. Braden Holpe. Oh. He's not going to get as much money as people think. I don't think he's going to get much money. He had a 9-13 last season. He played 20 games for a Dallas team that does have a good defense. But Braden Holpe, I think, would be – a good fit because I think you're probably looking at whatever Huso signs for, which is going to be like what three, four million. I don't think he's going to get that much either. But it's not. I don't think the Blues should should touch the Huso thing here because I think somebody's going to give him more than he should uh, get. But I think Braden Holpe is a guy that I would very closely look at as a backup goaltender. Two Stanley Cup winning goaltenders that would not be a bad deal for the St. Louis Blues mm-hmm. uh, starters in their time too when they mm-hmm. won. I'd be all uh, well, guys, uh, this has been awesome. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, there's a lot of things that I want to make sure that that people know where, how how and when they can find you and read your work, listen to your uh, podcast. But let's start with the draft. I know you both said that you have been writing stuff about the draft coming up Thursday night. Um, for anyone listening to this before the draft, uh, what can they find and where can they find it? of your draft coverage, and then, of course, also anything post-draft. Uh, if you're planning on doing any write-ups there, uh, how can people find it? Biggest thing, I think, is just going to be over at the Hockey Riders. Um, we have a great team, you know, not just myself. You know, again, Ethan's been covering here a lot of fantastic stuff. We've got um, Stephen Ground that he's been doing a, a fantastic amount here of draft coverage, as well as a um, newer writer here with the team, Jacob Stinson. Um, he's been doing a great job here of covering some of the stuff here with the Blues as well. 
Um, so I think we've done a decent job of actually covering pre-draft and most of our coverage here from now on is just going to be post-draft. Um, each pick should include a deep dive on the relative draft picks. Ethan, I believe you're taking the first one. I'll be taking the second pick here at that point. And then, um, you know, we'll just be able to move forward as a deep dive from there. Um, you should be able to find all of our stuff here on Twitter as well. You know, we'll be able to give um, an instant reaction to at least the first round. I believe we're talking about recording here during the draft so we can really get as live and as authentic of a reaction to the Blues draft here as close as possible. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, so the, obviously your podcast, and, and I'll add two guys that uh, when the show is, you can't see it now, but there will be a bottom scroll that's going to have your Twitter feed, not your Twitter feed, but your Twitter handle. Uh, so people will be able to find that. But of course, for those podcasting, uh, how can they find you on Twitter? So uh, my Twitter is at Ethan Carter SW, and our podcast Twitter is at TBN Pod. So a lot of stuff going on with that. I have a lot of different stuff that I tweet out uh, regarding the Blues, and our podcast Twitter account retweets a lot of that stuff and other things that that's thrown out there into the, the hockey universe on Twitter. So those are the two places you can find the podcast on Twitter and then myself on Twitter as well. Yep. And then you can also be able to follow me here at danger powers, 19 danger powers. Does that have something to do with your name? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Man. Austin danger <laughs> powers. Figured that very yep. nice. Um, all right. And then uh, how can people listen to your podcast? Um, and, and, and go ahead and add me to add to, um, if people wanted to check you guys out, what, and maybe this is a loaded question, but um, what are you guys bringing that maybe somebody else isn't? Like what kind of uh, what kind of insight talk are people getting when they listen to the Blue Note podcast? Blues coverage. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's exactly it. You, again, you know, there's been so many just great blues podcasts here that are out there. You know, we try to cover everything that, hits just with the blues organization itself but i think what we're also really trying to, be able to cover is um the ahl affiliate which is the springfield thunderbirds here at this point in time or you know whomever that they're going to be with whenever um but we also try to be able to cover the blues prospects you know to give updates regular updates here that of at least some of like the top five to ten prospects within the organization so that when these guys do come to a training camp or a prospect camp or even have a chance here in the nhl these guys will have the chance in, and our listeners will have the chance to say, oh, I do recognize that name. I recognize a Dylan Peterson, a Simone Robertson or, or any other goaltenders or, or I'm sorry, any other players that we have talked about here. I think awesome. I think another I think another big thing that we've been doing is kind of mm-hmm. kind of an in-depth look or just looking at the central division um, yep. closely, like what other teams are doing in the central. I think a big part of. The last episode was me absolutely destroying the Minnesota Wild over the Kevin Fiala trade just because I didn't think they get, they got enough back. Uh, and then the McDonough thing with Nashville is something we touched on as well. So I think kind of going around the Central and what those teams are doing, because you have kind of different teams in the Central. You have Chicago and Arizona who are about to rebuild or already rebuilding. You have some of the contenders at the top, obviously Colorado, the gold standard this season. You have Minnesota who's in big trouble with the salary cap. Then you have kind of the middle – of the division, which would be, you know, Nashville. And um, so I think that that's Dallas. I was, I was not going to get to that. Like I was not going to, that was the, the the Dallas stars name was not going to come to me anytime soon. (laughs) I'm glad you you got that for me. Got Um, your back. Absolutely. But yeah, I think the central division, I think we're going to be doing a summer series with the central division later on, probably August talking to different, you know, people around the organization or writers for some of the central division teams and what they've been doing and what they look like next season. So I think that's another big emphasis that we've had on the podcast. Very cool. And you guys can be found, I'm guessing wherever podcasts are, right? Yep. Apple, Google yep. podcasts, Spotify, all that. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll have to have you on again sometime and um, yeah, good luck uh, with the podcast and with uh, all the writing at the hockeywriters.com. Thanks for having us. Of course. All right. Well, I've been teasing this for a while. Kurt and Bill will return next week, and we will have our usual live show 
Uh, we'll recap the draft and discuss the first day of free agency. Uh, and then, of course, uh, after that, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes. We're, we got some things planned that we'll do over the summer, but obviously any big news breaks, we will be having more live shows throughout the summer until the season starts. And, of course, uh, the, the filler time in there, I'll be bringing more exclusive stuff for you, uh, just like today and, and like we've done the rest of the uh, the rest of the summer already. So uh, stay tuned because, like I said, every week there will be a new episode. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit RockinThatIDLife.com for more information. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, which provides drinks brewed right here in St. Louis and is available throughout the city and county at numerous grocery stores, liquor stores, and bars. Visit centericebrewery.com to find a vendor near you. That's centericebrewery.com. That will do it for episode 47 of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, we'll be back with a new show next week and the week after that and the week after that. Uh, for Kurt Price and Bill Day, I'm Jeff Ponder, and I will talk with you next week. This was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues and enjoy the draft this weekend. Should be a good one. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs> St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.